I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are on the world. My guest today is Stephen Fallis, a cloud computing specialist. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kyle. Great to be here and excited to, to chat with you today. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a cloud computing specialist is and what it's like to be one? What kinds of things do you actually do at work? Absolutely. So, so uh, cloud computing is a way that uh, companies are able to run applications, software, the things that they need to run their own business. Uh, cloud computing gets, the term gets used quite a bit. It means different things to different people. But essentially, when we talk about cloud computing, uh, it's really meaning that instead of every company out there having to go buy their own expensive servers uh, and computers, they can simply rent those computers from a company like AWS or Microsoft or Google, a large cloud computing company. Uh, it's typically much cheaper and more secure and, and is a, can oftentimes have many benefits for those customers. So what I actually do for that is I, I work with those customers that are on that journey, that are adopting and, and, and renting that compute, that compute and, and storage uh, capacity from, from Amazon where I work uh, and make sure that they are able to do that effectively and well and answer any questions that they may have um, as they're on that journey. Hmm. So how long have you been a cloud computing specialist? Yeah, so I've been working in cloud computing for several years. Uh, I began back at Microsoft and I continue on at Amazon, probably about five years or so. Uh, mm -hmm. So the, the whole space is only about 10, 10 years or so old. So it's a relatively new area of technology, mm -hmm. but it's a very exciting area. Mm -hmm. So when did you first know you wanted to be one? Yeah, so I, I, remember, I vividly remember sitting in a room, um, seeing somebody... Uh, kind of projecting them utilizing cloud computing and just how efficient and fast they were and thought, huh, that's a really interesting way to deploy applications. And that's something I think I might want to start getting interested into. So started kind of changed the trajectory of my career over towards uh, cloud computing about five years ago or so. Hmm. So did you consider other jobs or careers before this one? And can you tell us a bit about the path you took to become a, a cloud computing specialist? Absolutely. So, so when I was in college and in training and, and learning, uh, cloud computing was just getting started and wasn't really uh, around. So it wasn't something that I knew for a long time ago, oh, that's what I want to do. Uh, but in the tech field, things change so quickly. And part of that is, is I, I, I did kind of know that, hey, what I'm doing right out of college or right out of high school probably isn't going to be what I'm going to be doing in 20 years. And I figured there'd be some changes and some shifts there. Uh, so that's something that uh, was not something that I was predicting, but as I saw the interest in the, in the, in the environment and the community, I thought, hey, that sounds kind of interesting. So I shifted over there. Mm. So what do you like most and least about your job? Yeah, so I, I love that I get to work with some of the biggest, most uh, interesting companies out there in the world uh, that are adopting this technology. So uh, companies like Netflix run a lot of their infrastructure all on cloud computing. And so being able to work with those very large brands that are, are bringing so much enjoyment to their customers kind of through our technology is incredibly rewarding. It's incredibly fun. Uh, and it's just been uh, great to build those relationships and, and learn more about how our technology enables other companies to delight their end user customers. Uh, as far as what I like least, uh, probably just the, just the, the, the pressure. Uh, it, it, there's quite a bit going on. The, the speed and the pace is very fast. There's not a lot of time to, to sit around and, and breathe. There's always something going, always something new to learn. And so it can be a little bit exhausting, but overall, you know, very fun place to be right now. Hmm. 
So what level of education do you have? Was that required for your job or not? Yeah, great question. And the tech industry is a little bit different than, than some industries in that, you know, I work with colleagues that uh, don't have a college degree, some that don't have high school diplomas that are very self-taught or came up in other ways. There's not a, a kind of a set path uh, to work with cloud computing or technology in general. Personally, um, I, I earned a, a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree, both in something called information systems, which was uh, uh, and it was something that I was not familiar with until I got to college. Uh, but information systems usually lives in, a, in the business school at most universities. It's similar to something like computer engineering, uh, but it's a little more business focused. You take more classes around marketing and, and accounting and more business kinds of, 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 of topics. So uh, I've got a bachelor's and a master's in that. So how much money would someone starting out as a cloud computing specialist expect to make? Yeah, so that very much depends on kind of where you live, who you're working for, what you're doing. I would say that with, with technology and with cloud computing being so prominent uh, and so important to so many businesses, uh, it, it's a very lucrative space. Uh, so I'd say uh, a large number of uh, folks that are starting out somewhere, you know, uh, approaching six figures uh, is something that is, is pretty common. Within a couple of years out of, out of school, many folks are into the six figure mark. Um, so a pretty lucrative area to be at. Somewhere in the low six figures is, is a nice spot to be. Yeah. So what's the long-term salary potential? Yep. So sky is the limit here. Um, for, for those that are, that are computer programmers, that are developers, that are creating the actual cloud computing software, uh, the, those, those guys and girls go very high, up, up to you know, four or $500,000 uh, at some of these larger tech companies, uh, especially in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area, in the Seattle areas. Uh, there's a, a not a very large supply of those kinds of persons. And so the, the, the competition is fierce. And so they can be somewhere in that range on more of the business side and sales side also depends on, on kind of where you're at, but usually in the, in the six figure, well into the six figures is, is, is very likely for those that have been around and doing this for five or 10 years. Wow. So how much free time do you have? Like do you work a traditional 40 hour, hour work week more or less? Uh, what is a 40 hour work week? <laughs> no, I, I kid. It's, uh, it really depends on um, kind of what, re what software releases that we have coming up, what projects are going on. I'd say in general, uh, cloud computing is moving so quickly. Very few people that I know, myself included, stick to that 40 hour a week kind of policy. I will say that when we have weeks that are very, very busy where we're working 60, 70 hours, usually in the future after we reach a milestone, there's typically the ability to uh, kind of pull back a little bit and have more of a 30, 40 hour week um, um, when that hits in. But it, it is something that's based on the global nature of the business. There's always something going on and it does take quite a bit of bit of time out of the calendar there. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? Yeah, well, I think uh, technology in general is an awesome space. I, I mentioned a second ago that there's uh, from a supply and demand perspective, there's just not enough people in the U.S. Uh, that are very deep in the technology piece uh, that know how to program and develop, that are comfortable with, with the technology. So um, getting very good at technology is a great starting point, but to really take your career that next step, I'd really focus in on communication. Uh, it's one that uh, it's not always obvious on, hey, I think, hey, what do you need to know about communication if you're working with computers? Uh, but being able to write, being able to speak, being able to communicate ideas and build consensus, 
and talk with people is, is something that can really set you apart. And so I think really focus in on, on the tactical, technical bits, but also make sure that you're learning to talk with other people and being able to uh, problem solve and be very creative on how you go about doing those jobs. So those are uh, some of the different pieces that I would go back and, and mention to myself as a younger person or, or to, to other young folks that are looking at this as a potential career. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I think an investment in time is something that you always got to be very careful with. Uh, the older that I've gotten, the more of a premium time has made. And so uh, when I think back, I think investing time early in my career with mentoring relationships, so seeking out uh, people that I worked with, men and women that I worked with, who I admired, who I thought were doing a great job that I thought, hey, I want, I want to be like them. I think back to, in, in specific, uh, one named James, who has just been instrumental in my career, being able to help guide, give advice, along with a gentleman, Israel, who I spoke with this morning, actually. But setting aside a time, setting aside time to uh, to think um, critically about what path you're on, where you want to go, and seeking out the advice of folks that are older and wiser than yourself ha has paid immense dividends for me personally. I would not be in my current role without that advice and tutelage from, from, from some of those folks. Uh, and so being very humble and being able to accept, to, to seek out and then accept advice from others is, is always a great investment of time. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Yeah, well, I, I think, um, you know, getting comfortable with failure has been one of the, the biggest uh, personal kind of uh, ways that I've matured since, since college. You know, coming out of college, when I was younger, coming out of college, was so scared to fail. Like, oh, can't fail. And so there's this anxiety and this stress. Uh, and so I... I um, you know, there are very specific kind of areas that I failed in, but I think in, in each of those scenarios, um, learning to get comfortable and knowing that, hey, there are going to be times that you're going to fail. The important piece there is, is hey, what can I learn from this? How can I make, do this better so that I don't fail again? That's the important part. In general with work, I've never worked for somebody that was uh, you know, necessarily upset that I failed. It was, they would be upset if I didn't learn and didn't improve myself and the, and the people around me uh, from that experience and being able to share that experience with others so that others didn't fail in the same way. I think working with your colleagues and working together is a, is a great way to make sure that you're learning and, and growing from those kinds of experiences there. So you talked about this a bit earlier, but was there a person in your life that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way and would you like to give that person a quick shout out? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I mentioned James earlier. I mentioned Israel too, just incredible uh, mentors for me. Uh, both of them, uh, when I was early in my career, I, I had the chance to, to leave Microsoft to go to a startup. And I was, I was struggling with the, with the option. Like, hey, I've got this nice, secure job. I, I don't know about going into kind of a risky startup kind of experience. But, you know, looking back on it, they both uh, pushed me out of Microsoft. They, they were very encouraging. said, no, you got to do this. We think it's great. They, they very much supported and pushed me in that direction. Uh, and that set me uh, uh, very much forward on the path that I am that I'm on today. And I can trace back my job today based on conversations we had, you know, five, six years ago, sitting over coffee um, here in Charlotte and, and in other areas. And so they've been, um, you know, yeah, J James and James and Israel have been just fantastic and very helpful across both professional and personal um, uh, areas of my life. And have been, I'm very appreciative uh, for their presence in my life. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? 
Oh, you know, I, I'm not a big kind of hindsight person necessarily on, uh, on, on from a regret perspective, but I think, you know, from an optimization or things I might have tweaked, um, you know, I mentioned kind of going the, the path towards the business school and information systems. I, I do sometimes think about, hey, what if I had gone the engineering route and gone more computer engineering, computer science? Uh, it would have been a, a much harder college experience, but I think it would have given me a different perspective and, and a different set of skill sets that uh, you know, likely would have set me up with a stronger foundation, I think, in the tech field. There's some of the business side I think I probably could have learned on the job, whereas it would have been a little bit harder from the, the engineering side. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I've been incredibly blessed and fortunate to, to have a, just a terrific, uh, both professional and personal lives so far, and um, not a whole lot that I would have changed. It's been, been very fortunate. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in the work? Have fun. <laughs> I mean, you're going to go to work one day and you're going to be working all day, every day. It's going to be a huge percentage of the hours of your week and the, and the percent of the hours of your life. Find something that you enjoy. Find something that you, you wake up every morning and think, heck yeah, I get to go to work today and do X. And that's going to be different for each and every person, but it's something that... Uh, you know, finding a way to, to have fun, trying to find a way to have excitement and, and not um, dread going to work is something that is, is critical. I've been different periods in my life where I've not been as excited. I've worked, I've had friends that have dreaded going to work. It, it just drains on you there. So uh, finding something that, that you can not only get paid to do, but something that you love to do is, is probably a cliche, but it's something that we absolutely, uh, that I would absolutely suggest uh, looking into and finding a way to whatever you, whatever you enjoy and, and find fun, find a way to get paid for that. So. Awesome. Thanks, Stephen. Time for the joke of the day. What kind of driver never gets a ticket? Um, oh, that's a good one. I don't know. Some sort of golf driver. Um, a screwdriver. Ah, screw. Yep. That, <laughs> that's excellent. That's excellent. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Cage Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.